Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Duke podcast, powered by Bet Online. I'm your host, Sheldon Williams, and here's your co-host, Steve Wiseman. What's going on, Steve? Sheldon, how are you? I know it was an exciting weekend in, in Durham. You were there, I was there. We have plenty to talk about today. Uh, it was a great weekend, but, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, a great weekend, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, it, it didn't go the way that we planned it, you know, on it. I know we talked about it last uh, episode where I was like, I think it's going to be a different game because they had in the back of their mind that they got blown out. So I thought it was going to be a closer game. I didn't think we were going to lose, but I knew it was going to be a closer game. And mm-hmm. the fact that, I'm not sure if the moment got too big for these 18, 19 year old kids. You know, that's, that's that's pretty tough as well. But I didn't think that we was gonna lose, especially if we went up a little bit in the second half, and then all of a sudden we couldn't buy a basket. Like, you know, we couldn't buy a basket, we couldn't get a stop. You know, yeah. it, was, it was it was crazy. It just fell apart down the stretch, didn't it? I mean, a couple of times it seemed like Duke was ready to kind of take control of that game. And um, I think Coach K said it best after the game, which is usually what happens, right? He says things best. But he said, uh, you know, they're a proud program. Carolina is talking about they didn't play well the last time the two teams played and Duke won easily. And, you know, they were they were going to play better. And they played a solid 40 minutes uh, from talking to the people that watched Carolina play, you know, on a regular basis every game this year. That was that was as good as they could play. And that's that is fine. That's that's what they've been looking for all season. And they found it. So now we'll see, you know, there's a good chance they'll carry it into the ACC tournament and play well. And who knows? Uh, could be a repeat on Saturday night, right? <laughs> it could be. It could be. I mean, um, I kind of watched a couple of their games outside of us, you know, playing against uh, Carolina. Um, yeah. I, I was already, you know, knowing about Manic. You know, he's an Oklahoma guy, you know, went to OU and everything. And then, you know, come over here. So I already knew about him and our back hide and everything. But I didn't expect four guys to be 20-plus in the game, especially that, that um, Caleb Love. Yeah. Uh, that surprised me. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I didn't think he's going to have a game like he had against us. That surprised me. I talked to some other Carolina guys. They was like, yeah, he's like that. He's just playing the wrong position. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's a good player. And I'm like, I didn't see it the last three times I watched him play. But then him have a, a breakout game pretty much, you know, against us like that. Like, who is this guy? Because he wasn't like this, you know, pretty much all year. But right. apparently Carolina guys were telling me that, he just playing in the wrong position. Yeah, and uh, four guys scoring 20 points in one game. That's never happened before in Carolina basketball history. Of all the – as great as they've been, right? As great really? As, really? Yeah. Wow. They never had it four times in one game. Well, so, they, they played with the what, same five pretty much the whole second half? The whole second half. They didn't have one sub. How crazy is that? Like, yeah. not one sub. They didn't get tired, and they just gutted it out and <laughs> run it out. And, I so mean – props. <laughs> yeah, Shout out to um, Carolina. Um, we know we ride them a lot and everything, but something like that, you have to give props to. They they grounded out. They took opportunity, and they seized on the opportunity when we weren't waking up, you know, be able to make shots, and then they wind up yeah. running into it. So, unfortunately, I'll give them props for that. It won't happen a lot, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'll give them props for that. I was going to say, like, you know, what are the odds of that, right? What, you know, that's yeah, yeah. that's where we are. And, uh, and speaking of odds, since our – our podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. Uh, 
Let's hear what they got to offer for us this week. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. We have plenty to talk about from the weekend. Uh, uh, before we get into that, speaking of bet online, yeah. Before before we started this episode, I got a thing on my phone about Calvin Ridley. You yes. saw that? Yes. How, how crazy is that? Like he took a mental break last year, didn't play for the Falcons, and then all of a sudden he's in trouble for betting. Betting on NFL stuff. games. Yeah, yeah. How from his phone. From his phone, he was doing it online. Yeah, yeah. How crazy is that? Like, <laughs> wow, wow. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you know, as a professional athlete, there yeah. are certain things you can't do, and that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yes, big news today on a Monday as we get ready for uh, for March March basketball and bracket games and you know all that. We got the conference tournament first, um, but we do want to you know we do want to talk get into the weekend and get into how special it was. I mean, the final score of the game aside, it was. It was a historic weekend in Durham and the ACC, uh, you know, Cameron Indoor Stadium, uh, you know, Sheldon, I know you were you were part of the festivities, uh, the, the pregame stuff on the court the you know, getting into town, seeing all your former former teammates, former you know, guys from the program. Just, you know, tell us a little bit about how Saturday went for you when you got into town and, and what it was like. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. Uh, coming back, it was kind of like a family reunion type where all of a sudden you're walking on campus. I kind of I got there a little bit earlier so I can actually see the you know festivities outside of Cameron. Yeah. And it's kind of just walking from Washington Duke over to um, Cameron and still being stopped by people. And you know, it was great to be back in the atmosphere because you know a lot of times with the newer kids that's there, they don't know the older players. And now I'm on the verge of the older players. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was still kind of cool to see like you know people you know still hollering out pay your rent and things like that yeah so you know, i was able to do that i had a couple of people still have my jerseys on with, you know which was pretty cool to see that's so, cool yeah right 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 <laughs> i took a picture when uh one lady had my jersey on i even posted on my ig and everything but it, it was cool to actually still see that love was still there and being able to actually walk up into um the backside of cameron and we met in the uh the new family well i say new new for us the family um, room mm-hmm. where all the you know families for the you know the players and everything. Yeah. And just seeing that, I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is a nice, you know, nice room. They got like a little um pop shop in there. They got the little arcade in there, ping pong uh type thing, table, food and drinks. I was like, oh, this is a lot nicer than when I was in the school and everything. So you know, <laughs> yeah, my family they didn't have that. They didn't have like a little popcorn and cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was, it was kind of cool. Then all of a sudden, people started coming, coming in in waves. You'll start seeing a couple guys that you may not know too much, so they introduce themselves and uh, told me, you know, when they actually played. And obviously, uh, the later generation, everybody kind of knew 
we just didn't know that earlier generation like that. So we got a chance to see a lot of guys that were from the 90s, I'm sorry, the early 80s, mm -hmm. all the way up to the 90s. Obviously, we knew the big names, you know, like, you know, the Danny, Danny Ferries and Christian Leitners, you know. We yeah. Know Gene Banks, cool. people like that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but it was cool to actually see these guys um, and be able to get a chance to talk to these guys and just kind of fellowship with them. You know, it was pretty cool to do that. We all had the uh, the shirts they gave us, you know, for, you know, Coach K to walk out. And then we all huddled in the hallway and we make that little tunnel for him to yeah. walk out. And it was pretty cool, like, to have, you know, all those players from the door all the way up into the, 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 the I think it was midcourt. It was what? past midcourt. Yeah, it was almost, past, yeah. Past midcourt. There's so many guys, tunnel. yeah. Yeah, just have them come out. And then uh, we took that aerial shot of all the guys behind Coach K around um, Duke and, uh, center floor. Yeah. And it was, it, was, it was just a great night to see everything that he's done and then be at the end of that and be a part of that. It was pretty cool to have. Uh, leading up to the game, it wasn't, like I said, the way we wanted it and everything. But yeah. uh, just being in the stands, that was my first time standing the whole time. <laughs> I was like, uh, do I want to be crammed in the seats with other six, nine, <laughs> six, ten guys? Or do I want to get in the back wall and at least I can lean against the wall? So I was trying to do that the whole time and everything. So I kind of picked my poison doing that. But it was it was a it was a good night just to actually have time to actually hang out and catch up with people that you don't necessarily talk to and you know be around all the time. Yeah, I spotted you over there against the wall. So that was smart. I was thinking my man has got thinking that head because yeah yeah it was gonna be because it was so hot in there i mean i mean i know it's hot i, mean, I know camera gets hot but it was like extra hot i don't know what was going on i guess there was so many extra people stuffed in there so right and so <laughs> i had tweeted out early in the game i was like it's my first time actually on this side because when i was playing i knew it was warm but you're playing the game so your mind's not really on that yeah but being on the other side i'm over like Yo, somebody cut on the AC or something. Like, what, what is going on? I have a fan blowing and roll on those big fans in there and blow it up. I'm like, geez. And on top of that, we all pushed into the, this little small area. I'm like, yo, back up. Give me some uh, give me some space. Yeah, man, it's getting a little roasty in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, that's how y'all fans were doing this the whole time. And then I, I tweeted it out. And then you're like, yeah, you, you're a rookie. So what we do is we, uh, we have layers. We go in when it's cold outside with our coats and everything. And then we have shorts on underneath it because it's going to be so hot in there. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Yes. I understand now why everybody used to have like you know the shirts off and they painted themselves and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I see that now. Cause like <laughs> you, know, you over here dressing for the weather and then going in inside camera, it's complete summertime, you know, like it's total opposite. And Sweltering. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um when Coach K came out, you know, I, I was sitting obviously on the other side, right? In press row by the where the camp crazies were. So I couldn't see him uh coming through the players, you guys, right? Until you got to a certain point, then there was a gap and I could see him between there. Just, um, I'm curious from your point of view, when you saw him coming forward, he's, he's greeting people. You know, what was that like when you first laid eyes on him or locked eyes with him? And, and uh, you know, what did, what did you take from that experience? So for me, I was I was in the moment. I had my phone out and I was videotaping. Yeah. Uh, you know, taking pictures and things like that. I was, I was more so in the moment. I didn't really think about, that being the last time he's coming out for a Duke home game. I yeah. really didn't think about that part. I would just think about, like, you know what, how cool is this that I'm right across from Jay William, Christian Leitner, and J.J. Reddick, 
And then on my side, we got me and Carlos Boozer, you know, uh, Elton Brand, those guys like you know, right next to me. I'm like, how cool is that? Like, you know, we seeing, you know, different generations of great Duke basketball players. And all of a sudden, the one thing that tying us all together is a man that's walking in between us as he's going out to the, you know, half court. Yep. So I was, I was more so caught up in the moment because I was like, you know what, this is so cool because when do you have a chance to have this going on? Like, <laughs> how crazy, like, everybody has their busy schedules. I mean, shoot, you got Grant Hill being a uh, USA basketball and on yeah. board, you know, you know, things like that. You know, Elton Brand, the GM of the 76ers. Mm -hmm. you know, like, everybody got a lot of things going on, but yet they had made time to come back and actually do this. I was like, you know what? This is pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. And how about uh, along those lines, Grayson Allen had a game Friday night and he had a game Sunday and he, he flew into Durham for the day. Yeah. For the day. Yeah. How crazy <laughs> is that? Like he flew in from, I think it was in Chicago and they played against Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Flew in and then did this and flew right back out. Like it's, that's pretty awesome to do it and, and uh, fly out and play that same day too. I mean, yes. Yeah. 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 You know how tough that, I mean, that could be, you know, to, to right, right. So, but that's yeah. how much this meant you know, to yeah, him and to everybody. Exactly, so exactly, yeah. yeah, that was a pretty cool thing. And then, uh, you know, the pregame ceremony, we just talked about that, the national anthem. I, I could see coach K, he, he may have had his back to you at that point during the anthem, but you know, he was visibly just struggling to kind of keep it together and not, and not crying. And after the game, he admitted, obviously he, he teared up and everything. And he was trying to like, okay, you know, I've got the game here. I've got to, <laughs> I've got to coach these guys, but he was really, um, working hard to uh, absorb that moment, you know, and, and, and right. take it in. Right. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to see his, his face because like you yeah. said, his, his back is towards us um, as he's looking at the, the flag. Yeah. But I can, I can imagine. I mean, you have man, all these thoughts and memories and whatever else running back to you as you stand in there in this historic moment in Cameron for the last time, you know, like it's, yes. it's, it's crazy. And for him to have this going on and then also play an already emotional game against the rivalry of, you know, Carolina on top of that, I, I can't imagine what he had to do to try to put things in perspective and try to prioritize different things going into the game. And then obviously once the game started, it becomes a little bit more easier because uh, you are facing your players and you're mm -hmm. actually in the moment of the game and trying to coach them and, uh, get them, uh, get, get them going. Yeah. And I, that's what I wanted to talk about next too, was, uh, you know, he, he seemed as amped up for that game as he's been in almost every game this year. And I've been at every one. So, um, as far as like, he was, you know, he was on the officials for some calls that were questionable. Yeah, that's, that's always the case, I guess. But I think, and he sensed something was off with the team as far as their, their edge, and, and, you know, they, they all admitted after the game, they weren't as hungry as they needed to be. Carolina was hungry and that's why they won the game. But um, he, he I, I, that's why I wanted to curious what, what you saw from your point of view and what the other guys around you were talking about with, with him. He really seemed like he was, he was trying to find that edge and, and really, really push the guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, it could be a number, a number of things. I mean, uh, one, this is still a young team. So having this big of a moment, for them, I mean, it'd been different if it's like 10 years ago where you had like a lot of juniors and seniors on the team. Yeah. Be able to, like, get your head out of the choir outs, you know, here, we're going to do this right here. Kind of keep them focused. We didn't really necessarily have a team like that that can kind of pull us up together, especially during that stretch when we couldn't make a basket. So that ran through my mind. 
Also, what ran through my mind was this being a young team and knowing what they did to them at Carolina, thinking that they're going to lay down mm-hmm. or it's going to be just as easy. I think that was also in their minds as well. But then the last thing I thought about was like, we've been playing better on the road than we have been playing at home all season. And I'm not yes. sure what it is because a typical Duke team, we take care of home. And some reason this year has been kind of difficult of us taking care of home. And it's, it's, it's baffling because yes. <laughs> I'm comparing it to all the other Duke teams. And one thing we are always good for is taking care of home. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I've, I've said that uh, we've, we've talked about that and, yeah, that edge just for whatever reason hasn't been there at home like it has been. And I think, you know, you remember at the end of the first half Saturday, Duke went on the 14-0 run to, to take the lead. They were up by nine, a uh, couple of minutes to go in the half. And I thought, okay, if they can take this into the second half up by 10 or 11 or even eight. You know, they're in pretty good shape here. And I think maybe they thought Carolina was just going to fold at that point because they were just getting overwhelmed like they did in Chapel Hill. And lo and behold, they broke it as a two-point game at halftime, right? And that was a huge, huge right. swing. Right. Um, and the second half, Duke comes out and takes that lead. I think it was seven points with about 12 minutes to go. And it seemed like right on the edge, it just like pushed them, getting it done. And then Carolina bowed up and uh, it happened. So, yeah, they didn't – again, they, that edge wasn't there. And uh, and we know what happened the last – the last five minutes of that game um, – there was the atmosphere in the building. It's like the air just got sucked out of it, right? Except for the little people over there cheering for Carolina. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you could you could tell, and even with the crowd trying to, you know, get into it and like, hey, let's make our rally. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And then all of a sudden, we coming down and we taking what I call hero shots. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy come in, is not really going through the offense. He's trying to, like, I'm gonna go ahead and take the shot, try to get us back on on track, and nobody was really hitting. You know, pretty much all game from outside anyway. So yeah. we didn't have anybody that was on. So these guys taking these type hero shots and everything, it wasn't really working out. And then come to find out, like, you know, hey, one shot, two shot, three shot miss, four shot, and all of a sudden Carolina goes up, you know, two, you know, five, seven, nine. I was like, oh. okay, okay, you know, what's going on? Like, hey, slow it down and before it gets out of hands, like, you know, slow it down and let's run the play and get a good shot if we can, that type thing. Yeah, they just lost their lost their edge, lost their flow offensively. And once it was – and I just think – I think the hero ball, people panicked. They thought, okay, I got to make a play because this, this is getting away. And, oh, my God, we can let this happen. And it just slips through your fingers, you know. So, right. okay, so the game's over. There you go. It's time for the post-game stuff. And, and we get back into the ceremonial stuff. And, you know, uh, when when – the ceremony started. Remember, Coach K walked to the middle of the court and grabbed the microphone, and he said that was impromptu. That was not part of the schedule. <laughs> it was right. supposed to be Nina King and and go ahead. Well, well before we get into that, because um, I just found out about this um, early this morning, the whole Carewell situation. What was yes. That about? Okay. So, uh, in the post game handshake line. Uh-huh. Uh Carowell, when, when Hubert got to Carowell, Carowell just walked past him. And and uh, and then Nolan Smith grabbed Hubert's hand and shook it, but he, he had his head turned away. He, didn't, he just, you know, did one of these. And uh, so Hubert was like, you know, I didn't know what that was about. After the game, talking to uh, the reporter from the NNO, C.L. Brown is the Carolina writer, talked to him about it. 
he said, I don't really have a relationship with Carowell. Like we didn't play against one another. So whatever that was about, I don't know. So Carowell, uh, I traded text with him and he said, yeah, Hubert didn't shake our hand in pregame. When he walked by the bench, he did shake coach K's hand, but he didn't shake the assistant coach's hand. So he was like, all right, so we're not going to shake his head. No matter what happened, he said they weren't going to shake post game. Now, the fact that Duke lost does obviously look the best, but worse, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what happened there. Uh, so there's a lot of emotions. Uh, it's a rivalry, man. And, you know, and right, right. Uh, I know that they're, you know, the way they weren't happy the way Coach K was treated in Chapel Hill. I know that inside the program that, you know, that they wish that would have been handled differently. But anyway, that all feeds into the cauldron, right? Okay. Well, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I did see the fact that because uh, they replayed it, you yeah. know, he reached out and then Carabao just kind of goes over and then you see him looking back and he's yeah. like, you know, I'm like, okay, what, what did I just see? Like, you know, what, what just happened? Yeah. Um, but I didn't know the actual thing. Cause like I said, with me being there, I didn't yeah. see that happen until I go back into the Washington Duke and then they replayed it. Like, oh, I'm, that's what I missed. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, frankly, I didn't see it live either. A lot of us didn't, we were doing, you know, uh-huh. post game. There's a lot of things going on. You found your story. I found my story and things are happening. Um, but there, there was a video clip, you know, went crazy on social media like it does. So we had to get to the bottom of it and see, you know, what happened, but that's, that's the whole story that I know at this point. So I don't know if there's anything further beyond that, but it seems like that's, that's probably enough. And I don't know if Hubert <laughs> didn't intentionally, that's the other thing about this. And I know this is a believe in Duke podcast, but uh, you know, there's a lot going on pregame. I don't know what happened. I don't know if with uh, the way, you know, Coach K to the court that changed things. And I, I don't know what happened with Hubert. If he, you know, Carowell says he didn't shake his hand. I obviously believe Chris Carowell. I, I'm not, you know, that, that happened. So um, whether it was intentional or, mis- or just a misunderstanding, I don't know. But it's spicy. And that's what we have here. We have a rivalry, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I just didn't know. I was like, no, before we skip over that part, I want to make sure we actually uh, discuss that. So I'm glad you brought it up. Thank you. I I let that slip by and I shouldn't have it. I appreciate you pointing that out. Um, yeah. Gerald Henderson on Twitter. If you see Gerald Henderson on Twitter, he posted something today that said, uh, yeah, you know, because Seth Greenberg, you know, from, um, uh, used to be the Virginia tech coach on ESPN. Kind of said, hey, that was poor sportsmanship, shouldn't happen, blah, blah. And Gerald quote tweeted him and said, nah, you don't know the whole story, coach. You don't know the whole story. There's there's more to this that, you know, so anyway, that's that's what we do. Okay. <laughs> so you can check with Gerald and see what he knows too, maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So let's get to post game. Uh Coach K grabs the microphone when it wasn't kind of unscheduled. And he said it was impromptu. And I thought, you know, he could sense. And he's always been so good about this. He can read a room and sense what needs to happen. And he knew that the atmosphere was because of the loss, right? Was just, oh my gosh, well, you know, what, what is this? And he had to say, he took it. He said it was unacceptable, you know, and, and he kind of gave everybody, I think, permission to go on with this celebration, right? That That's what I took from what he said about, you know, yeah. everybody be quiet. Yeah. This is, you know, this was bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think people didn't really know what to expect after that. Um, obviously, he did come back out, and people started clapping, and he was like, no, let me talk. Let me talk. Yeah, This is unacceptable. And he made it clear, because he said it unacceptable a few times yeah. in his impromptu speech. And he, he was trying to make it clear that, 
you know, the standards that we have set for ourselves, we didn't come out and get close to even achieving. And that was something that really I took, because I mean, I've been a part of uh, some teams that we lost some games that we shouldn't have lost. And sure. those type <laughs> words were really pretty much said behind scenes, mm-hmm. you know, that type thing, set up actually in front of everybody. But I was looking at the faces of the current players. And of course, they wanted to be there, but they didn't want to be there, you know, you know, that type thing. So yeah. you see, they they feel the pressure of, oh, we're going to be remembered as a team that let Coach K down in his final home game, you know, that type thing. So it's going to always be, you know, tagged, you know, to, with them that this is a team that did that, type, yeah. you know, unless they can change it around and get a, a national championship, then all of a sudden nobody, nobody cared about that part. So <laughs> that's right. We will see how this, uh, how this plays out. The Battier, I was talking to Battier. He's like, yeah, same thing happened my senior year. We lost our senior night. And uh, guess what happened? I was like, I was like, what? Me not thinking in the head, but he points his, his hand like national championship. National championship. Yeah, and nobody like, remembers now, right? Nobody remembers that loss, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I didn't know they even lost. Like you said, I didn't know they lost their, uh, his senior night and everything. But for him to sit there and say that, like, you know what? There might be still a chance that you can erase this blemish yeah. and win a national championship. Yeah. And that's what, uh, and that's what coach K said. He says, you know, uh, the, that was unacceptable. The season has been acceptable, right? They won the regular season championship and the season's not over. Right. That's what he said. So, and that's right. what we could, that's segues into what's, you know, now we're now the team's heading to Brooklyn uh, tomorrow on Tuesday, they play on Thursday against either Florida state or Syracuse as the number one seed Duke plays at noon. Um, so, you know, again, if they, I think are obviously the favorite to win the ACC championship in Brooklyn uh, and then go on, you know, and, uh, and go into March and have momentum for that. I still think, and, and yeah, they've, they have not lost back-to-back games this year, first of all. So that's been a good sign. They've always bounced back in very strong fashion from a loss. They'd won seven in a row before they lost the Carolina game. They still like they're playing their best basketball. So, um, you know, I still think that they are, have the best chance to win in Brooklyn. I would put money on them not to be get in trouble like the NFL guy, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but what, you know, just, yeah, you, they seem like they, they bounce back very well. So I think we probably be in good shape this week. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, um, like you said, they haven't lost a back-to-back game this year uh, for them to get these extra days in before they play again on Thursday. I think that would be very helpful. Um, hopefully they're kind of flushing out, you know, the bad taste in their mouth of what happened, you know, this past weekend. Yeah. Kind of, kind of want to have that edge back. And I'm not sure if there's something that Coach K needs to do or if the players looking at their own, you know, in the mirror, look at themselves and be like, all right, I got to have a long look and long talk to myself of how I want to finish this year. Because like you said, Coach K said, the night wasn't acceptable, but the season was. Mm-hmm. the season has been pretty good for Duke University. Yeah. And for them to lose that game, one, I hated it because it was Coach K's last home game. But two, I was like, it knocked us out of that fourth number one seed. For the NCAAs, right. NCAA. Yep. So unless we went out and other teams, you know, start losing, that's the only way I can see us getting back into that conversation. Right. Um, but I mean, even like Joe Lenardi, I know he's not 100% correct, but we were uh, we were what, number four in the rankings, and he didn't have us in the uh, 
you know, a number one seed. I'm like, how you not have a top four, <laughs> you know, in the number one seed? Like, it should be common sense. Like, right. Again, he's not official, but that's what he had going on and everything. Yeah. But myself, I was like, you know what? I hope that we're able to get that last spot of the number one seed. But, you know, still got time. Uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where you place that. You still got to go out there and play. Obviously, you want to be, you know, the most advantageous, you know, till you get to the Final Four. Yeah. But at, at this point, um, you made your own bed, and now you got to sit here and, and lie in it. So you got to yeah. figure it out and fight. And I've always thought uh, – the difference from one and two seed is really like what color jersey you wear in the regional final because you're probably going to face ones you know you have to play them anyway right so uh, right. most likely I mean I know bracket things happen but you know if the two teams are really good you're going to play each other in the in the lead eight anyway and it's a matter of if you're home or road but um, yeah but you, know, you want to be more so on your side of the the country too so yeah a, a little bit more fans and everything so it, yes. it feels better I, I remember I remember my freshman year. Um, I can't remember if we got the last number one seed or what it was, but we got shipped out west, and we had to play out west. We had to go to Utah and play the first two games, and we had to go to uh, Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And I think we wound up uh, losing a lead eight to Kansas, who wound up winning the whole thing that year. But it's a lot different when you actually like my sophomore year, where we played Charlotte. I think it was like Atlanta. And mm-hmm. then we went to you know San Antonio, so yeah. it was a lot better because we had all our fans right there, and it was a lot better for you know us to kind of look up and be like, okay, our section right here is you know pretty big. We see a lot of Duke blue, you know, shirts yeah. in there. Yeah, I think that's you know it plays well. But like I said, it, with this team, you know, they play better on the road, so maybe it's not that bad if they <laughs> did get tipped out west. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. That 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 as far as the number one and two, you're right. Like you don't want to be uh, the last number two seed if Gonzaga's the number one overall and Duke is the fourth number two seed Duke would go west to have to play Gonzaga in San Francisco in the in the if they got that far and Duke's history of playing in the west is not not good in the NCAA tournament I know you were part of that you said you know you're your freshman yeah, year yeah, yeah. um that's that's the one little blemish that if you look at coach K's record like whenever Duke goes to the west region they never make the final four so <laughs> maybe that's one thing they could fix in the, at the end here I don't know but that's you know, uh, but I think if they win the ACC championship this week, then they'll be in good shape to not be in that situation. I think they'll be a higher number two seed to where maybe they'll play in Chicago or Philly. Those are the two, the Midwest and the uh, and the East. Okay. And I know Coach K would they Duke would rather they play in Chicago in the in the second third you know the second weekend uh, for obvious reasons. Coach K's home, right, right, right. <laughs> and then I mean, Philly, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that'd, that'd be cool for Coach because, you know, he's right there back home for his last trip as well, too. So that'd be actually pretty awesome. They actually uh, did go to Chicago um, and, you know, and play in front of his hometown and, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, pretty cool. So uh, uh, real quick here. So if Duke, uh, you know, Miami's the number four seed. So if Duke would win uh, their quarterfinal on Thursday and Miami would advance if the seeds play through, Duke would get another shot at Miami, which I know the Duke players really want. They were able to beat Florida State after they lost to them. They were able to beat Virginia after losing to them the second time around in regular season. And they didn't get another shot at Miami. They only played them once. So I know that would that would give them an extra drive. That would be something uh, that would help their their path. They would there's a lot of revenge going on there for that game. Um so uh that's how that would work out. And then, you know, it could be a Saturday night, Carolina's a three seed, Notre Dame's a two seed. 
could see another uh, a new Carolina final, which would be a lot of fun. But uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, like I said before in the last uh, episode, we don't really play against Carolina that much in the uh, ACC tournament. That's the right. only thing. But it will be pretty cool to actually see uh, them get revenge on Miami and then revenge again on, uh, you know, Carolina. So that right. would be, you know, pretty cool to have, have happen. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, one game at a time. I know as fans, we want to look at the old overall big picture. Yep. But you know, coach is going to play Noah. That don't that don't matter if you don't take care of what's going on right here in front of us right now. So I know coach is going to be uh, stressing like, hey, blinders on, first game first, and then we take care of that when when we get there. Right, right. And the goal is to put another banner up for winning the ACC tournament. They got one for the regular season. Correct. We want to get this one and then head into the into March Madness. So, all right, uh, yeah, this is uh, um, it's it's March. It's time for for bracket stuff, and this is going to be a lot of fun. So. Um, Sheldon, this has been a good episode. Appreciate you sharing all your insights from the weekend. It's been, uh, it's been a treat. Um, uh, appreciate everybody listening to us on the podcast and, uh, we're going to, uh, have another episode of believe in Duke next week as after the brackets come out, uh, as before Duke heads into their first NCAA tournament game, regardless of what happens in Brooklyn, we know they're going to the NCAA tournament. They're going to be, you know, a top, top, t- uh, two, three seed there. So, um, can't wait to get, get going with it, Sheldon. Yep, almost time. March Madness, baby. <laughs> here it is. All right, you, we'll keep up, keep you up to date on everything here on the Believe in Duke podcast. So, for uh, for Sheldon Williams, uh, I am Steve Wiseman. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right, stay tuned. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.